Hey guys, it's Dane here. We're in this episode, we talk a lot about Psychonauts 2 and some of the imagery within. And I feel like it might be best to just read you a little disclaimer beforehand. Uh, I think Double Fine did it enough with how they started the game. So I'm just going to read off all how they start off the game. Psychonauts 2 contains artistic interpretations of serious mental conditions, including addiction, PTSD, panic attacks, anxiety, and delusions. There are also images that may be upsetting to people with dental phobia. These conditions are usually presented in a light or even comical manner, but, but might still be distressing to some players. Ultimately, Psychonauts 2 is a game about empathy and healing. If you find yourself experiencing a negative reaction to this content, or if you need mental health resources, please visit takethis.org slash mental health resources. Link will be in the description. Alright, have a nice fun with that. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome. Today we are doing a very special spoiler cast for a game that I absolutely love this year. Oh, called Psychonauts 2. Oh, I'm one of your hosts, like always, Dane, joined by my one of my most frequent guest host. Oh yeah, still holding the record. <laughs> Zach. Like so usually on a spoiler cast I start off with asking you like the other person like what their history with a game is and why oh, they played it or whatever. But like I think for the most part you're this is I drove you to play this game, and, like, I think most of it just comes from why I played this game and why I, oh, why I, I was just one sh step short of tying you to a chair and making you play this game. Yes, no, you definitely held me down. It was just like, you need to play this game. You would appreciate it so much. And, yeah, I did. I mean, like, a lot of the reasons why you told me that this game was good like, were things that were for reasons of, like, themes that I was largely interested in anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll just try and give a quick synopsis of my history with Psychonauts as a franchise. Or that this was, like, back, like, when I was in middle school, I saw, like, one of my friends had it, had the game, they told me about it. Oh, like, I remember that, but then, like, I never really played it much or whatever because we didn't have the system it was on. And then, like, 2016, 2017... Uh, YouTube channel that we watched called Game Maker's Toolkit did a whole um thing on it as well, and the game was getting notoriety from because they had just put out the VR game and the sequel was in development, and that got me interested in it. I went and played it, and then went like right before it came out, it was on sale for a dollar, so I bought it for you and had you play it, and then. Oh, the game came out, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I have played it four times so far. I have done four full completionist playthroughs of this game so far on two different platforms. So let that just be a record of, like, where I am with this. Oh, and yeah, so let me talk, let you talk for a bit. What was your favorite? Oh, this is like, oh, I think we're just going to get... Now we're just going to get full on into spoilers, because I really don't think you can talk much about this game without getting into spoilers. Yeah. So, Zach, what was your favorite level in this game? The library. The, uh, I can't remember the character's Cassiopeia. name. Cassiopeia. Yeah, Cassiopeia. I, uh, I really liked her level, uh, the way that she had 
uh, kind of fractioned her personality to these different points in her life. Um, I think it really spoke to a lot of things that I've learned through my own mental health journey. And it was something that I kind of uh, latched onto. And I, I think that everyone might have a level that resonates a bit more with them based off of like what their personality is like and uh how they can associate with the different minds in this game yeah this was like because for me like cassie cassie's collection um wasn't really a big level for me i was just like i think it was it was it looked nice and whatnot but like it didn't really st stick any real chords with me like all my two that i really loved all like is the Psy King Sensorium and Bob's Bottles. I did like Bob's Bottles a lot as well. Uh, that was another level that kind of resonated with me. Just with with Bob's Bottles, it was like each bottle was with the memories of a different person. And you could obviously tell that there, there was a theme of alcoholism like underlying all of these painful memories for him. Yeah, but like... I, like, all oh, one of the things that, like, this is a game that I feel you kind of need to have, like, your, um, oh, critical, oh, critical thinking cap on for it, because there are, like, small things here and there that, like, if you're not paying, like, full attention, you'll miss, like, all oh, one of the things that, like, all oh, gets me about Psyching Sensorium is, like, all oh, you, like, there are figments through every level where you collect to... Uh, just like increase your psi rank or whatever. But in Psyching Sensorium, it's the brain in a jar level. So you go into this mind not knowing whose mind it is to begin with. You have just stuck it into a body to ult to, so that it can start regaining some of its memories and take care of this body without a mind. Well, but you're also using. You also want to use that body to get access to the mailroom. So you also have kind of like your personal reasons for wanting to help this brain as well so but like as you start this level you don't know who this person is and like their memories are literally locked up all as you go through the level like their memory vaults but one of the fig like you see recurring in the figments is one person all that you see so through the when i was playing it the first time through was like oh that must be who this person is all or whatever but then you get to the end of the level and you finally find out like what this person looks like. Like you see them in their mind, and you actually find out that isn't them. That's actually their hus their husband um from life. And I was just like, I think it's it says something. It like gets me like in my like oh like my oh hopeless romantic side is like even though his memories were locked away everything and like through all of this noise there's still part of his mind that is reaching out for his husband here and yeah. i was just like i was just like that just kind of got me a little bit all and like but like the ending of that level like i did not see coming because like psyching sensorium is such a colorful vibrant like 70s trippy thing but then like how it ends is like you help him rediscover his memories and like Oh, there's this whole bit where you're going through this quiet place this is like where he th where he's been thinking one thing about how things happen and you're just like no that's 
that doesn't make sense. Like it uses like you you're like you may not have been helpful here, but like everyone, like other people felt that same thing. Is just like we didn't like you. We're not blaming you for this, and like you may have been lost, but like we couldn't find you, and or like he he thought his husband Bob was dead, and it's just like no, I'm still out there in the world, and it's just like twenty years of just being in your own mind, thinking about how things must have happened to it, end that way. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, it kind of, like, I think it struck a chord with me because, like, through COVID and everything, where, like, I've tried reaching out to other people and, like, trying to reconnect with old friends and, like, well, like, the fact, like, I can't get anyone to, to, like, agree to anything. It makes me think that I've done something wrong in the past. And then, like, after that whole... Oh, what like the line that like finally like dug the nail in my chest was oh bob like audio um says remember this is our um this is our friend lucy she's just all she's just going through a hard time and maybe she needs someone just needs someone to listen to her and i was just like or somebody to talk to i think is the line and i was just like it's like it like i like after the first time i played that level I had to walk away for, like, two hours because it had just, like, struck me so hard. Yeah. No, I, uh, I will say that I did, like, the end of that level in the sense that, uh, you were kind of using his friends, like, the memories of his friends to, like, work out what they would have actually done in that situation, uh, because he's talking a lot about his own failure, uh, his friends abandoning him, and it's like, no, it's like, your friends also tried, uh, things that failed. It, like, you weren't the only one that failed that day. Uh, your friends did, tr would have tried to find you. Uh, but, uh, they were dealing with their own issues. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, like, I don't know, I think this game, uh, with the first Psychonauts, they didn't, like, uh, have raz like thoroughly go through like the mental like like the counseling aspect as much like he uh it's all very more uh like not simple like symbolic in terms of how he helps I me mean, like i mean like well i think also in like the big difference between the first game and this game is like after like jumping or jumping around a bit here but like that first level hollis um Hollis's hot streak, you've gone into someone else's mind and you've altered it in a way without like their permission or anything like that. Yeah. And you have this moment between Sasha Nine and Raz where it's just like you are like it's just like we are given a deep level of access to people's mind with our powers and it's something that's our responsibility. And like going to each person's mind, he asks in some way if he can enter their mind first to see how they're doing before he does it. it. Whereas in the other games, it's something that he just does yeah, without really considering some of his actions. And one of the big um, levels from the original um, Milkman Conspiracy, he doesn't actually help the person in question because in that mind, he releases something that that mind was trying to hold back. Yeah. Oh, and it's just like you—he didn't help him in that way. It's just like 
the other ones he happens to help, but he doesn't really go, like, think about their warm opinions ahead of time. Yeah. So, I think, like, it puts a big more, a lot more emphasis on on reaching, and, like, on, like, talking to people and actually considering their side first. But also, like, in the first game, things were happening to Raz. I think whereas Raz in this game is making things happen more. And, like, each of the minds in the first game weren't really connected to each other. They all were just, like, their own separate levels. Whereas most of the minds in this level are, in this game, are all part of the Psychic Six. And you see, like, how these people interact with each other. How you get to see, like... There's, like, like, it all culminates together in w telling one story. Yeah. And also, like, another thing that was pointed out to me, all of these minds have been isolated beforehand. It's just, like, Psy King was literally in a in a jar. Um, Compton put himself in, like, basically a jar with um, the psycho-isolation chamber. Yeah. Um, Cassie and Bob um, are out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. it's just, like, a lot of these people have, like... Or just have haven't have all they all went through like one tra big traumatic event and like none of them really dealt with it properly. Yeah. So it's interesting seeing how one event shatters different people and how each of them have been affected by this. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I mean, Fort Crawler didn't exactly isolate himself as much as he just, like, shattered his own mind because of, like, he was the one that was closest to it. Yeah. So... I mean, like, because, like, the thing is, yeah, with... I mean, let me... Let me go on to read. No, no, no. I, yeah, it's just, like, what... Um, yeah, it's just, like, at the end where you have... Or where you find out... Or... <laughs> actually, I have to kind of jump back. It's just, like... Speaking of Ford, how what what order did you play through his levels in? Uh, I think I got the I I think I did the uh, uh, bowling alley first. Uh, so we we dealt with the romantic aspect uh, that he had first. Uh, then it was the mailroom. Uh, so and finally the barber shop. So it did play out like the first date. Then um, uh, what was the Big bad. He like he, he told like he had said that he loved her. At, like that was the letter he sent said that he loved her. Yeah. All at the end and like but like she had been too far gone or whatever. Yeah. So like I uh, yeah, the bowling alley definitely played first date. Uh and then the mailroom was just like further along in the relationship. And then the uh the barber was just like, Yeah, this was what finally became of that and why, like, I, like, I decided to shatter my mind and hide this from myself. See, like, I played it as, the first time I went through, I did the barber, the, uh, mailroom first. Yeah. Then the date, and then the, um, barber shop. So, like, it hit me harder, I think, at the end of that first, at the end of the mailroom, when he's like, oh, what, like, what was in that letter anyway, Ford? I was just like, I told her I loved her. I was just like, without having the date beforehand, yeah. I think that, that that was like a lot more of a dramatic punch to me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It like uh, I think it made more sense to me chronologically when I put when I played through it because it was like the the building up of the relationship and then like doing it at 
played the relationship out chronologically. But yeah, if you played the mailroom first, then it's just like, wow, uh, there was actually a relationship going on here, and he wanted her back, and he wasn't able to like convey his feelings properly before she left, and yeah. Uh, I could see it being a bit more dramatic for... Yeah, but, like, it, like, it's just, like, and, like, yeah, so, like, Ford Crawler shattered his mind because, I guess, his heart was shattered already, and he didn't want to remember that. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's interesting seeing, like, the extremes that he went through all there. Yeah. All. But, like, that kind of brings us on to our quote-unquote villains or antagonists of this story all I mean like what did you think of um lucy lucy's arc and like that reveal with um nona uh let's see uh with nona i think it was a bit surprised that nona was lucy uh for me um although it made a lot of sense what once he did once crawler described like why he did like what he did it made sense that he would try to create a loving family where she could continue to have happy memories after everything that he had they had done to stop her from being this like basically murderous psychopath um and then like the fact that so like the whole thing with the flea circus i thought that was a cute level uh but then going on to the yarn level afterwards where you see the memories that this like new psyche had developed on her own and how powerful her own memories of her family like these new fam family memories were uh and she actively chose at some point you see that she actively chose to be that person over uh the old uh lucy who had done all those terrible acts after the war um, it would, like, uh, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to all the dialogue that was going on, because you hear, this is what I'm talking about in terms of, like, Raz, uh, like, kind of taking more of a counselor role on, is that he's talking about, like, uh, how this is just, like, a, uh, normal reaction to like a flight, uh, fight or flight response at some point during that fight, and I felt like it would have been better if that was during a cutscene or something because he's going through like these, um, he's like trying to do all this psychoanalysis during the fight, and you don't really pick up on that because you're trying to avoid like water tornadoes being thrown at you. Yeah, like I mean, like no, I'm I'm with you there because like all. Like, well, like, that's one thing that I feel like it could have done better on, because, like, there are some big moments for people that happen basically off-screen to a certain extent, because, like, I think the reason why Compton's level fell sort of flat for me is because the big thing that he needed to, in order to, like, grow and be able to, like, open up and, like, do his own thing is he needed to be able to accomplish something on his own, but, like, that big moment happens for him while Raz is in the middle of a boss fight, and yeah. you, like, he's kind of up on a screen, but you're not paying attention to that screen yeah. when Orb, he, when that's just going on, so, like, you kind of get to the end of that boss fight, 
and is just like, okay, I beat the things, but like, and then like Compton's grown, but like, it doesn't feel like Compton actually had that moment himself because you didn't really see it happen. Yeah, you're in the middle of the fight and he's telling you, like, the only thing that you're doing is essentially giving him the ingredients to create the dish that ultimately defeats the, uh, the villain in that game. And yeah, like, uh, and then, like, you knock it into them. So, like, you on it, like, it's this big sense of, like, teamwork, and Compton has to act on his own for the first time in that level, but you don't focus on that. So, yeah, there are some points with the boss fights where I feel like um, they intermingle all these, like, deep aspects of it uh, into the boss fight, but you, like, you're not able to, like, really pay attention to those details altogether because... You're in a boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, alright. And so, but coming back um, to Nona and her thing, oh, there was, like, one thing that was just, like, there, like, there was a moment where, like, Nona apparently, like, re like, has a moment of clarity or whatever, and she sends, like, she gives Raz the pamphlet for, whatchamacallit, for, um, Whispering Rock Summer Camp. And that kind of is the catalyst for these games to start off, or where where he runs away from the circus to go to camp. Is like, do you think in that moment of clarity it was her trying to send him off so that he could eventually come back and help her, or did you think that it was just her being like the kind grandmother trying to like seeing that this is what her grandson is into, but the rest of her family is kind of against psychic so like she was just trying to look out for raz or do you think it was all um, her trying to like get like find her own help or que no los dos both <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, like why not both i i think that i mean i talked about how raz had his personal reasons for taking that brain in a jar and putting it into a human being is like i think that there are ways for people to act in their own self-interest while helping those around them. So, uh, I think that, like, it's revealed at the end that Nona does have, like, a, a level of lucidity that you, that everyone else kind of takes for granted based off of what Kroller did to her and how she acts. Like, She's far more, there's far more going on in her mind than, uh, first impressions give you. Um, and you see that throughout her level. Uh, with her giving the thing, uh, with her giving the Whispering Rock pamphlet to her grandson, it's like, yeah, she sees that Raz has a genuine interest in something that, uh, the rest of his family doesn't and wants to encourage that interest. And then on the other hand, like, this could be a way that she helps herself, she helps her friends uh, from before, and she is able to essentially unravel this traumatic effect, event that is somewhere in her mind still. So the level of, like, cognizance that she has is up in question, but, like, at the same time, it could be, it could have easily been both. Alright, and, um, alright, I think we've talked about, well, what did you think of Gristle? Gristle, which one? Was Gristle Malik. Well, uh... Oh, yeah. 
I thought that level was very well done. Very creepy, too. Um, the whole, like, it's a small world ride. That's my... That was literally my least favorite ride at Disney World. But, like, taking that as uh, the basis and just, like... There was... I mean, I picture him as like a bit of an egotist right uh very much egotistical yeah i mean like to have a gold statue of yourself in your mind yeah a giant gold statue yeah and like it made sense for like a spoiled prince who uh is pissed off that his country is no longer around because uh for the reason that he can't have good caviar anymore uh like you kind of get a root you only have this character, uh, like, the actual idea of this character for, like, the very end of the game. But in that time, you get such a good picture of who he is as a person. Uh, and playing out his mind as his version of the story of why he's justified in doing these terrible things and trying to, like subvert the psychonauts and like destroy them from within and why he's completely justified in doing that uh i think it was brilliant in terms of like how they displayed it um and it really brought that level of like egotisticalness uh where you first enter the mind and he's got that uh like i am uh i am all truman like trying to convince himself like he's the other person or whatever. Yeah, just to, like, put on this false persona for the time that he needs to, like, carry out his plot. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Yeah, um, like, you, you really get a sense, like, because you get that, um, get to have a conversation with him at the end in the gift shop. And you're just, like, one of the lines that was just like, it's just like, oh, your family, the Maliks was like, were a bunch of ruthless dictators. And it was just like, oh, but that, why did they all unanimously all re-elect us every single year? And it was like, it was like, like, he has drank his own Kool-Aid so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, there. And it was like, oh. But, oh, so it's just like, it's interesting seeing, seeing how that played out. Oh, but uh, I don't know where else where I want to go with this. I don't. I doesn't showing up here right now. I could also talk about why I liked Cassiopeia's level in yeah. particular. Yeah. Uh, so my thing with Cassiopeia's level is that, um, she had different personalities for different points in her life. Uh, I think you talked about like how you connected with Psy King's level. Uh, in terms of, um, like, reaching out to people that... And also, like, also, like, I'm a big, red-headed theater nerd that, like, I think, like, right, like, somewhere in my room I have a Viking, like, a crocheted Viking hat, so I, like, I, like, when you see him, like, I was just, like, oh, it, like, I was just like, oh, that's me. Yeah, no, it definitely reminded me of you, especially because I had convinced you to grow out your beard at the time. And, uh, like, it, uh, it's voiced by Jack Black. As, he's voiced by yeah, Jack, Jack Black, Black as well. And I know you have a fondness for Jack Black, too. So I'm just like, they made this character for Dan. <laughs> uh, with uh, Cassiopeia, I felt more of connection because her whole thing was books. And, uh, 
and writing and uh reading and stuff and um she had broken her life up into segments and one thing that i've been through in my own mental health journey is learning to respect older versions of myself more uh like i definitely think i had a much different personality than when i was 22 versus today when i'm 33 i feel like i was a completely different person and i really didn't like that person that i you was were, you were definitely a very different person during the what i'm going to call the dark days <laughs> yeah the dark days yeah uh the dark days of zach were definitely much different than the current version um and i definitely uh resented that version of myself when i became when well when i feel like i made a transformation to who i am today uh so that whole level is about accepting the like a uh, the level focuses on this library librarian persona whose job it is to like take these older personalities that haven't been able to serve her well and locking them in a, a cupboard um so it I felt that there were a lot of similarities in terms of uh, how I've approached my life, where I did like have this older personality that I kept lock locked away, uh, and I tried to like be different, a uh, different version of myself to survive the circumstances that I was in, uh, and at the end of the, that level, uh, she talks about like, yeah, we have all these different person, like I have all these different archetypes that I've used in the past but they all make up who I am today, and I can't ignore that anymore. There's one part of that level that I don't think that you saw, because I think you were playing it to play the story, whereas I went through and I did a completionist run. Yeah. In the main librarian desk area, you can climb up onto the chandelier and then go up into like what is basically an attic up there, and up there there is archetypes of the rest of the Psychic Six, Oh, I didn't see that. So, part. like, you you that. you can go up there and like you get like what, um, her impressions of these other people were, yeah. and like one like and up there you can also talk to Lu like her idea of Lucy for the first time. So like while you, so like before you've uncovered like you know at this point in the story that Nona is Lucy, but like you don't get to see this. You don't haven't gotten to talk to this past version of herself, but like out of like you get to have this moment where you actually get to talk see, talk to Lucy and see kind of what Cassie's version of her is, all which is a bit interesting. And this is like this is like there's a lot of moment like there's a lot of like that's one of my the like that's another one of the things like going back to how I say you kind of have to have a critical thinking, oh cap on for this game. Because there are small moments here and there that they don't exactly force to you. Like, in Bob's Bottles, there is a small island where you can, um... Like, there are three, um, different people that you can find in th this, like, ocean part of the level. You can, um, talk to L Lily, Truman, and Otto Mentalis. And, like, it's all Bob's different ideas or perceptions of them and Otto is like it's another knife to the heart that I had because it was just like oh Rat Raz comes up to him and says oh it's just like oh it's nice to know that oh Bob keeps at least some friends around in here and he's just like well we really all oh, like we 
all really liked Helmet more. Or, like, all... It's like, we all saw a Helmet with someone taller. And, like, it's just, like... Like, I feel like we've all kind of been there at some point with someone. It's just, like, where, like, we think we're being kept around for something else. It's just, where it's just, like, that's... Like, that all just, like, kind of struck me all really, real hard. It was just, like... Yeah, no, I... I, I do think that it's interesting how they had different portrayals of different characters as how someone else viewed them rather than how they actually were. Because with Lily, she had a completely different voice because he had only ever seen photographs of her. So, and like Truman is just like, is just like you're fired. Like he's a cartooner, just basically repeating like you're fired. But there is a scene where um you in one of the bottles where like you kind of go up to this seed that's supposed to be his relationship with Truman. And if you stay there and you listen, you kind of, I feel like you get a bit more idea of what happened. Cause like, he's just like, Truman, you're, you're my family. You're supposed to be on my side. And like, or like, what is this number? I don't need to talk to someone. I just need my job. And I was just like, yeah, people got hurt, but oh, it all worked out in the end. So it's just like it, I think he's kind of, painted Truman as being just this villain or someone that's like gets off on firing people but like in the like when you sit there and you actually listen to all of Bob's dialogue in that room I think you get a better idea of what happened there rather yeah. than just Truman being a villain yeah it, like Truman may have wanted to get Bob help and Bob may not have been receptive to that idea at the time because he didn't think that he would need the help uh yeah so uh it's interesting how like someone maybe may want to help you but at the time if you're so against the idea of not needing help you can paint them out to be the villain in your story but yeah oh me i was like i think i could probably sit here and like just keep talking and like picking up little bits and pieces here, is there, like, uh, any of the other levels that you wanted to talk about real quick? Um, let's see, I think, I, I think, uh, the, the Brain in a Jar, uh, Cassiopeia, and Bob's, uh, bottles were the levels that really stood out to me the most in this game. I did think that, um, uh, messing with, uh, what was the... Hollis's, Hollis's... Forsyth? Yeah, Hollis's Forsyth's uh, mind and seeing like what happened with her career and why she is so determined and hardworking and wants to stick with like a plan. Like you get and I you see like uh why she is the way she is and then changing that. Um I think like it really established a tone for the game because yeah. like each time that you fix something like in each of the three places like is this like all oh, this was like she has like acquitted like she has um connected all oh, asking for help to losing or whatever and you kind of switch that around so like this is like you know all oh, and like every time you change something you hear her voice say something it's just like and like it's just like oh that like it's just like okay maybe um knowing when to ask for help or when to walk away is the right thing. And it's just like, so like, I feel inevitably he does help her out all. And like, he does end up changing her 
mind again in that level. Like, he fixes the big thing that he changed that was wrong, but he also helps her out in a bunch of other ways when he goes about trying to ch fix that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I, I feel like each level has, like, a theme on how each person gets, uh, can get help. Um, and there are a lot of details that you can find that just give this game more and more layers the more you uh, dive into it. So, yeah, I uh, overall, I thought it was a great game. Uh, and definitely is worth multiple playthroughs and diving deeper into. I'm definitely going to play it again before the end of the year. <laughs> I was like, gotta buy it on Steam. Get those Steam achievements then. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, no, I was just like, oh, being only call. I mean, it took me 24 hours to play it the first time through. Oh, like, on regular difficulty and everything. But then, like, I, for all my other playthroughs, I've been doing it on narrative combat invincibility on. And, like, you can still get all the achievements and, like, get all the story stuff that way. Yeah. And they've even gone back and like did a quality of life thing now yeah i will say uh, in terms of the gameplay i will say that it was a lot smoother than the first uh psychonauts i with the first psychonauts there were moments where i was like trying to figure out how certain mechanics worked um that it didn't had it hadn't regular like uh explained to me up front but with psychonauts 2 um I thought it had much easier progression at like one point in sight. In the you have to second. go off and like get the, um, what you call it, collector the, um, the cobweb duster. Yeah, the cobweb. Yeah, I thought that was unnecessary, but like this was much more fluid. I do like the option of the narrative combat. I mean, I I did play through it on narrative combat mostly because I had a bit of a time limit when I was playing it, yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to get through it for the story anyway. Um. So I do like that they have that option because this is a game with a great story and I think that giving you that option to just play it for the story is uh actually can help you enjoy it more. Yeah, it looks like and also like like a whole lot of things like you don't need to go and like grind for money to like all the stuff that you need money for are really kind of optional in this game yeah i mean like they might help you out a bit more in combat like if you increase your side level you can unlock you can unlock, like, all upgrades to your abilities how you want, rather than, like, every five levels they just gave you a new um, ability or something um, in the original Psychonauts. Oh, and also, like, in order to, like, in the first game, like, you had to, if you collected the cards and, like, the Psycores, you had to go to one spot to actually put those things together and upgrade your rank. Whereas, like, not in this game, there are a bunch of different places to go buy the things and combine everything. So it streamlines a lot stuff from the first game. Oh, just while we're talking about the first game, oh, what was your your favorite level from the first game? Uh 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 the Bonaparte uh John Bonaparte? Or... Yeah, the yeah. Waterloo World. Yeah, Waterloo It had to be a split between the Waterloo World and uh the uh stage level the uh, performance level where yeah um olivia's theater or something like that i, yeah. I can't remember her name olivia's but... theater uh but the, the theater level was great because you could swap between that depressed 
uh, personality and that sunny personality, uh, and, uh, like, go through her, the, her past and her childhood to find out why, um, she has these mood swings, uh, with, um, Fred Bonaparte, that's it, with Fred Bonaparte's level, uh, it, it did seem odd that he had a mental breakdown from just losing a board game to a child 26 times in a row. Well, uh, wasn't a, he wasn't a child. I mean, it was, uh, um, I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was the other, it was the Crispin, the guy that's blocking you from the, yeah. Goat. Well, so I, it's someone from he, the asylum he was in. Yeah. Because he's so much shorter though. Sometimes that like with those memories, it does seem like he's younger in those memories. Uh, but he could just also be an adult. Um, but then, like, you listen to uh, how he's had this long lifetime of losing all the time and has just kind of given up on the idea of ever trying to win anything. Um, and how there's, like, some part of him that is trying to fight back and still win. Uh, I... It definitely helped when I, like, listened to, like, uh, someone that was a bit more learned in psychology talk about that level and the whole idea of uh, learned helplessness, like, the concept of learned helplessness. Like, it, uh, with a dog, like, uh, they talked about this experiment with a dog where uh, every time he tried to uh, do something, like, uh, they had it set up so that every time he hit a button it would stop on an electric shock, but then... At one point, they would uh, make it so that the button wouldn't turn off the shock. It would just continue to shock him. And then at a certain point, uh, the dog just learned that the button wasn't going to work anymore. Uh, and wouldn't be able to um, stop the shock. So instead of trying to push the button, when they turned the button back on, he would just like lay there and just accept the shock and uh, take in that pain. So... Um, after hearing that explanation, having the idea of losing over and over again, you can get into that depressive mindset of like, oh, what's the point? It's not like anything's going to change this time around. So, yeah, I do think that uh, those levels had like, had so much layers of depth to them themselves. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, like, everyone talks about Milkman Conspiracy when it comes to the first game, and that, like, I think that's an interesting level. But the thing that really stuck for me is all oh, Black Velvetopia, yeah. which I think you can understand some of why my reasonings there is just like is just like him pining after this one girl and like oh like this kind of self hate hatred self loathing he has because of it and like how he oh how he kind of like tries to bury his high school memories underneath the city that you're in in this level. It's just like I was just like I like that level strikes a chord with me for certain reasons and like also it's just i think it's a very pretty level as yeah. well oh. the art style for that level is brilliant um and yeah i like i thought that level was interesting too the, see everyone focuses on the milkman conspiracy as like the most brilliant level but like the three that come after it are also amazing levels that each have a very in-depth storyline and excellent character development for each of the characters that they involve. Yeah, as I was like, and I think one of the biggest improvements that 
Psychonauts 2 has over Psychonauts 1, besides from, like, the gameplay mechanics, is, like, a lot of, like, 20, 2006, 2005, I think, was when the first game came out, and we were definitely thinking about mental health in a very different way back then. All is just, like, all of those levels kind of end with, like, you quote-unquote curing the people, or, like, fixing their disease, their thing, whereas in Psychonauts 2, you are more so helping people. I think the only one that, like, comes across as you curing them is Compton, but, like, all, but, like, in Bob's Bottles, for ex example, there's three different, like, sections to that, and after each section of the game, you come back and you talk to Bob about what's going on, and then, like, at the very end of the level, like, you've helped him deal with three of his relationships, but then you see all these see these other seeds, all which are, like, supposed to be different relationships, like, out in the water, and it's like, it's like, I've helped you with these first three, and now he's going to start dealing with the rest. Yeah. So, it's just like, so, it, it, like, the second one, like, is very much more like, you are helping them get started, rather than just, like, quote-unquote curing them. Yeah, I, and I think that's a great theme as well, is that uh, mental health isn't necessarily a thing that ends, right? It's a journey and something that you have to kind of cultivate as you go on. Like, through my own mental health journey, like, I've learned certain practices that help me deal with my anxiety and uh, with my depression, and how I can, like, more readily, uh, like handle those when they get out of hand so that I'm not, like, so anxious that I'm near to having a panic attack or something like that, right? Um, or that if I'm, like, feeling particularly depressed, I know a strategy that I can do in order to, like, talk myself out of this, like, cycle of negative self-talk. Uh, it's something that, like, you teach someone the techniques of how they can deal with it in their everyday life, and then it's up to them to kind of continue that journey after that. Mm-hmm. All right. I think, yeah, we've been talking about her about 45 minutes. I think we've covered most of everything that we want to talk about. Like, go play Psychonauts 2. It's on Game Pass. You can... Right now, like, it is a dollar to get Game Pass for, for PC for three months, and you can play this game on PC. Like, you, it is out on PS4, it is out on all oh, Xbox. It, like, there are so many different ways to play this game, and it's definitely my game of the year this year. All oh, I definitely highly recommend trying to play Psychonauts 2. If you haven't played the first one, don't worry about it. Uh, I was actually slightly worried that I would turn you off the series when I had you play the first one, and I played the second one. I was just like, the second one's so much better. It's just like, it's like I was real, and like you were texting me about all, all the different problems that you were having with the game. I was just like, oh, I should have just had him try and play Psychonauts too. Oh, but anyway, yeah, that's it. We're gonna call it there for today. Oh, until then, have a great day.